It's going to be a big week, week 13 in the NFL season. A certain quarterback is back in business. We've got some ripping games, but unfortunately, the great man Smithy not here. He's got a fantastic work opportunity that he's preparing for at the moment, the big fella. So, mm -hmm. Teed is here, but it does remind us where we sit in Smithy's pecking order, mate. Yeah, I know. Obviously, playing second fiddle, uh, man, you and, and the podcast listeners, but... Um... Now, it is really hard to get into rhythm, isn't it? Well, I don't think we've had a week where all three of us have been on for a very long time. So I'm um, looking forward to actually getting the two shows out with all three of us. But we'll uh, we'll do tonight by ourselves, I guess. Absolutely. And we'll do it justice. Uh, looking forward to something, mate. What's uh, what's the big the big meal ticket for you this weekend? Uh, I think there's a bunch of games coming into, I think most teams have got six games left um, or five for those that are, still have to have their buy. But it is, I guess, the start of the end of the season and, and there's a bunch of teams that are playing for their playoff spots and there's a couple of big games um, that will impact the playoff picture. I think uh, the Bengals and Chiefs is one and, and obviously the Dolphins and 49ers is another, uh, but they're just two. There's plenty this week um, and there will be plenty for the rest of the season. And such is the quality of games that uh, we've drafted this week is I'm just going to touch quickly on a quick fire game because how it didn't get drafted is extraordinary. But the Raiders and the Chargers could be possibly the game of the weekend where the loser is going to be dragged through the mud considering the implications in division. So I'm looking forward to that in a big, big way. But we're going to kick things off, mate, and you're going to kick them off in that aforementioned game with the Chiefs and the Bengals. Yeah, well... Um... You know, there is, I think there's a couple of games that are stiff not to be flexed into prime time this week, and this is one of them. Um, and I know the NFL probably is never going to flex a Cowboys team that is winning out of Sunday night football, but I think um, a lot of people would agree this game is more intriguing. Obviously, you've got the rematch factor of the championship game last year. Uh, but this one is a big game for the Bengals uh, with their win last week uh, and the Ravens' loss. The division title um, is back in play for them, which uh, didn't seem like it would be uh, you know, maybe five or six weeks ago when they started the season really slowly. But they've got back on track. They're playing some really good football at the moment. The Chiefs, they've just about locked up their division already. Um, I don't think anyone is really expecting them not to win that division, and it would be their seventh straight division title, which is just incredible. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to win it again. I, I think he's – well, yeah, that would mean he's won it every year he's been in the league, which is just incredible. Uh, but they will have their sights set on that number one seed and the first round by, obviously, with the change to playoffs over the last couple of years. Only one team from each – conference gets the first round by which i'm not a fan of but uh, we're not here to discuss that uh I, I am expecting a high scoring game and i think you know everyone would be both of these teams are known for their offense and the chiefs are ranked first in scoring the Bengals are ranked fifth so both both of these teams are scoring points um and that's what we expected coming into the season and both are being led by really good quarterbacks and statistically speaking you know Passing yards wide, Mahomes is, is ranked first and Burrows ranked third. Passing touchdowns, Mahomes first again, Burrows equals second. Both have got eight interceptions. Um, so their stats for all three of them are, are pretty similar and um, playing, I guess, like two top five quarterbacks. I know we know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, but um, you know people are still out on Joe Burrow. Um, and that's okay if you are, but he is playing really well this year. And I think both are running the ball extremely well. 
Um, they are both actually on track for career highs in total rushing yards, rushing yards per game, and rushing touchdowns. It, it is an underrated feature of both these players' games, uh, and it's really not spoken about enough. And I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow has actually hit career highs in all three of those already through 11 games. Um, a stat in this game that doesn't make any sense uh, in the NFL, the Chiefs have a minus three turnover differential. Um so obviously they've turned the ball over three. Yeah, turned the ball over three more times than they've um, taken it away. And all other teams in the league with a negative turnover differential have losing records. Um, and, and, you know, that obviously makes sense. You turn the ball over and you're not getting turnovers. It's hard to win. But that just is the difference uh, that Patrick Mahomes makes. I think he can win games even though they're turning the ball over. Um, and that stat can just give you so much more confidence in this Chiefs team. I just there's not a team in the league that I would pick to beat them at the moment. It doesn't matter if it's at their home or if they're on the road. So I'm going to lean with the Chiefs here in in what should be a good game and you know a big game for the Bengals because if they win this one, they will be on a roll and um, and I think they'd be the the red hot favorite to win that division if they can win this one. Yeah, I like it. I I do think the Chiefs are due for a loss in the run home here. I don't think they go, what would it be, 15 and 2 here, but I think they get the job done over the Bengals. And uh, I love the stats, mate, but you know what they say when two really good offenses come together, neither of them can score. I don't know what it is Always about the, the NFL, but yeah, everyone's going, what, first v fifth, slam the over. Yeah, we'll just wait and see about that, but... In the last quarter, there is no quarterback in the NFL that I would trust more, whether they're in front, behind, or tied than Patrick Mahomes. And overall, that is the deciding factor there. Second game, uh, and Smithy did the draft here before anyone comes for me and says that it's biased, but it's the Niners and the Finns. It's the Mike McDaniel reunion, I should say. I don't know what word I was going to come up with first, but reunion is the title. And uh, if you take the Chiefs out of the equation at the moment, uh, these two would be two of the three next informed teams in the league at the moment with probably the Eagles in there as well. The Niners' defense, I think, is going to be the deciding factor in this game. Jimmy G is doing enough in handing off the ball and yards after the catch. The Niners in the last month are second in the league at the moment, and that's not a discrepancy on Jimmy G. You've still got to manage the game. I don't know why game managers now become an insult in the NFL. I mean, I'd much rather someone that can manage the Every game. Every quarterback is a game manager, aren't they? Yeah, who, degree, rather, yeah, someone who's out of control late in games. No, I'd much rather... a a good manager there and we know what Tua can do with the weapons, but I think yards after the catch is going to be a big factor in this game. And if the deciding factor is the defenses, I think the Niners defenses showed up more often than the Finns has so far. And I love my Finns and I know that tipping the Niners means that I can't really lose either way, but I think I've just got to lean towards uh, the Niners here. And if they do manage to win this game, then I think they're almost, uh, my pick for the NFC Championship, although the I think the Vikings and the Eagles have got a better record. But, yeah, this this is going to be a statement game from whoever wins, and I'm just going to lean towards the Niners, which pains me on the inside. Yeah, well, that that is a um, obviously a tough one for you to tip. It's tough enough for me, and, and I'm not obviously a Ravens fan. Uh, sorry, a Dolphins fan. But um, this game it really does come down to which team you can trust more, I guess. And it really is a matter of, of opinion. Um, there'll be people out there that can trust the Dolphins more. There'll be people out there that can trust the 49ers more. I just think, um, you know, the 49ers at their best 
are the better team. I think at their best, they are uh, the best team in the NFC. And I don't even think we've seen it yet. Um, and we don't have to. I mean, they made the trade for Christian McCaffrey halfway through the year. And, um, you know, hopefully that pans out for them at the end. But I just think this will be a really close game. And and I think I like the 49ers at the moment. The 49ers, to me, are the the, um, the equivalent of the, the Chiefs in the AFC um, at least in my opinion, I'm not I'm not going to be against them until they lose um, from here on out. And I know last week they did only manage 13 points, but they did shut out the Saints. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers too, unfortunately, Daz. No, I completely understand, mate. And one of the quirkiest stats in the NFL, the Dolphins are 11th in the league for defending the run on yards per attempt. They're 29th amongst quarterback yards per attempt. So it seems like as soon as the running backs aren't a factor, the Dolphins are just letting quarterbacks through. Fortunately, I don't think Jimmy G is going to be going on too many Justin Fields-inspired runs, but uh, Smithy has gone the Dolphins in this game, which uh, personally I'm a big fan of. Uh, They're the big fella. Eagles-Titans is your game up next, mate. I'm looking forward to this. The Titans' defense has been clamping down as of late. Yeah, they have, and, and I really do think the Eagles are gettable in this game. Um, you know, I think the Titans match up really well with Philly here. The Eagles have been struggling to stop the run lately, um, especially in the last few games, and the Titans have Derrick Henry. So, obviously, that um, you know they match up really well there. The Eagles are giving up big numbers on the ground, and Derrick Henry um, is coming off a quiet game running the football, and you don't see him struggling back-to-back games too often. The Eagles, um, they're clearly a run-first team, and they are very good at it. But Tennessee's strength is uh, is their run defense, and they are third third best in the league in yards allowed with 84.5 per game. And their third down defense is the best in the league. They're allowing teams to convert at just 30% on third down, which is really good. I think the Titans are really well coached, um, and they've got a good team on the back of that. I think they are, you know, a good franchise. They've they've proved that this year. They were obviously the number one seed in the AFC last year. Things didn't go their way. Um, their off season wasn't great, and a, and a lot of people, you know, doubted their ability to get back um, into contention. I guess in the AFC, but they've done well to do that. They're obviously going to run away with this division. I think. Um, and that's a credit to the coaching. The Eagles, on the other hand, they're not 10-1 and one by luck. Um, they are a really solid football team. They do the right things. They run the ball well. They force turnovers. They don't turn the ball over themselves. Um, you know, and I spoke about the Chiefs' turnover differential just before. The Eagles have a plus 13 differential, which is five better than the Ravens in second. So, as I said, they, they don't turn the ball over and they generate turnovers. It feels like every game they've got multiple turnovers. And it is no coincidence that their only loss, they had four turnovers. Um, you know, if any team turns the ball over four times, you're probably not going to win. But, uh, yeah, as I said, I do think Tennessee has a shot in this game. The Eagles have looked shaky in their last four games. I know they've won three of them. That's what you got to do. But it just feels like they're going to slip up um, in a game sooner or later. This is probably their toughest challenge for the rest of the year if you take out the Cowboys divisional game in about a month, but I think the home field advantage is the difference here. Um, It's enough of a difference for me to pick the Eagles. Yep, Eagles for mine as well, and I have no evidence to back this up. I went on a a cricket show during the week and said the same thing about a a local game here. I've got no evidence to back it up, but I think this is going to be a big, big margin uh, to the Eagles. 
don't ask me why the Titans' defense have been awesome, but that's just where I'm at at the moment. Let's go to the Jags and the Lions, this one being in Detroit, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Teed, but no, my NFL I'm not app too sure. has I would shut say down. So. And no, it's just reloaded on me. This is making for excellent podcasting, by the way. This has <laughs> got the profession. Um, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it is in Detroit. It's at Ford Field. So uh, Jared Goff turns into Jared God when he's at Ford Field at the moment. I still worry about the Jags, their pass defense. And when you've got Amon Ra St. Brown, not just saying that because he's in the fantasy team, but you've got the, the pass catching ability of DeAndre Swift as well. I just think the Lions might be too strong offensively. I think this game, both these teams are going to give up a lot of points. Both defenses aren't really giving their quarterbacks a whole lot of breathing room to work in. I love what Trevor Lawrence did last week. Zay Jones didn't practice today, which is huge given, yes, he's the wide receiver too behind Christian Kirk, but not many quarterbacks are winning these days with just one wide receiver who is a genuine, really, really good talent. So above all that, I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. I do think we've had a few times where we've said this is the Trevor Lawrence that we were promised, whether that's a gift or a curse, given he was a pick one, is probably a discussion for another day. But I just need to see that consistent run of really, really good performances before I I back him in blind, if you will. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah, that that's fair enough. And I think... Um... You know, he, he has been inconsistent because consistency is the issue. Uh, we, we don't really know. Obviously, last week against a good defense, he played really well. But, um, you know, I'm interested to see how he backs up against that. And I think last week I said that I've just about given up on the Jaguars this year. And, you know, <laughs> and they go and I, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I did say they'll probably win a couple of games, but I can't pick them. Um, I'm pretty sure I said I can't pick them unless they're playing the Texans. But they've uh, they've won me back after last week, and I'm going to pick them here. I, I really like what I saw from Trevor Lawrence. And, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's sucked me back in, I think. You're setting yourself up. If this goes... Not to plan. This has got some real makings of. I'm just never tipping them again about it. Is that fair? Well, yeah, and um, <laughs> and knowing me, I'll probably go straight back to the well. Um, you know, two weeks <laughs> after I say that, <laughs> probably. Uh, you've got one of the weirdest bogeys in uh, regular season NFL history: the Saints and the Bucks. Yes, the Bucks did win last time, but it was five of the last six before that for the Saints, and uh, both of these teams not going well. Teed. Yeah, both struggling um, and, you know, not looking like what anyone expected. I think most people predicted the Saints to either win this division or or come second. And, you know, as you touched on the the, the bogey around these two teams, the Buccaneers are one and four against the Saints since Tom Brady joined the team and their only win was in week two this year. Um, the Saints defense has given them plenty of trouble. They've forced 12 takeaways in uh, those five games and they've held them to, on average, 14 points per game. So that's always um, you know, a, a good way to go if, you, if you're going to beat Tom Brady in the Bucs. But that trend, it, it really is going to have to continue if the Saints are any chance in this game. They've scored only, uh, They've only scored over 13 points once in their last four. Um, I think a good thing for them is they probably won't have to score too many points, um, seeing the way the Bucks have been playing lately. They just aren't the same team you know, that have been the last two years, and it's fairly obvious. Um, you know, you can tell from a mile away that the, the Buccaneers, they've scored 30-plus only one time this year. They did that 10 times last year, and they did it eight times the year before. So 
Um, you know, even if they were to do it every game for the rest of the season, that'd still be three less than last year and, and one less than the year before. So it just shows you how good they were the last two years, but also, you know, they've fallen off a little bit. And on the back of that, they've scored 20 or more only five times this year. And they did that 14 times both last season and in 2020. So um, it does show you the drop-off in scoring for them. And since they lost to the Chiefs in week four, where they scored 31 points, their highest score has been 22. So that cool. offense is struggling. Um, it is brutal. You know, if you go back and have a look through a lot of their games, um, you know, they, sometimes they're struggling to hit 20. A couple of them, they struggled to hit 10. And I think that certainly helps the Saints in this one. Um, you know, for the Saints, they're coming off what was a poor result against the 49ers. They obviously got shut out. Um, you know, it wasn't great at all. But if you're looking at positives, they did only allow 13 points against a really good 49ers offense that scored nearly 40 points the week before. Uh, so I thought that was a great effort. Um, but I think the lack of scoring will be the issue here for the Saints. Um, you know, they've got the second worst um, scoring offense in the NFL over their last three games. Uh, and I think that probably does continue here. The Buccaneers defense is pretty good at, at containing scores at times. And, um, and I just don't see this Saints team breaking their slump and scoring enough points. I don't even think the Bucs need to, need to score too many either. This could be... Um, I wouldn't say it'd be one of the lowest scoring games between these two over the uh, past couple of years because I think there was a 9 nothing score. I don't see that <laughs> happening, but it, it could be a case where both teams score under 20 and it's just a bit of a defensive game, but I don't think we've seen too much offense here. I like it. So I'm picking the same result, Bucks. I'm actually I'm going to go against you. I reckon the Bucks are going to put up 30-plus, get back into some sort of rhythm. Now, Part of that is genuinely because I'm in disbelief on, like you said, the fact that they've just not been able to score points. So part of it is a little, surely they have to, right? And this is probably their best chance. And um, That's like I'm, we keep waiting for the Rams and the Packers to start winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit like that. And, jeez, uh, we'll talk about the Rams in a tick, but my goodness. But, yeah, I think it's just... The Bucks have got to get into form at some point. It's all well and good winning a bad division, but if you go out in the first round of the playoffs, it means genuinely nothing. They're not going to be the one seed, as we know. So, you know, what is the point? This is a good game for them to do it in. So the Bucks for mine. And the Bills and the Patriots, um, who would have thought a genuine AFC East blockbuster that, um, that the Patriots are involved in? I don't mean that. Uh, in a negative light, but their win-loss line coming into this year was six and they're already there, I believe. I think they're six and six and five. Yes, they are six and five, and last in the division. Can you believe that? But Don't so they're have to be already dead to be stiff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, considering that the Browns are third in the AFC North and they're four and seven, so yeah, absolutely. But I think they've been fantastic this year. They've been well coached by Bill Belichick. I think another one of my preseason predictions, aging like milk there. I think he's going to go around next year if this is how good they are. With pretty poor quarterback play for a lot of the year. Thought Mac Jones had his best game uh, of the year last week, and he was really good against the Vikings, but the defense didn't really show up in this one. I do... I do just worry. The Patriots are good, but they're just not good enough to move up a tier. Their wide receiver room is just not showing any flashes of brilliance. They're good. They're solid. No doubt about that. But they're not going to give that wow factor that I think you're going to need to cause an upset on the Bills. There's no one that I can see really going for 140 yards, whether that's on the ground or in the air. And Ramondre Stevenson's going to get 
a lot of the workload, given that uh, Harris is out for, I think, two or more weeks. So he's going to have a lot to do. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it. The Bills defense has got to rise to the occasion. I believe they will. And I think Stefan Diggs goes crazy in this one. And I think the Bills get over the line. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but a comfortable enough win that tells the AFC East, I think, that there is a, a gap between the Patriots and the rest. So the Bills for mine in this one. Yeah, I agree. I like Stefan Diggs here. And, and I think... Um... Uh, the Patriots have earned a bit of my respect lately, and I think they mm. can keep up with the Bills a little bit here. But I don't, you know, I think the Bills are one of the more explosive teams in the league. Clearly, their um, their roster is super talented, um, and I just can't pick them to win or oh, to lose. Sorry, this one, but just, sorry, just just quickly, Daz. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're keeping up with the cricket scores. Sorry to the <laughs> sorry to the USA fans, but um, I was I just. Logged on, saw England won for 233 after 35 overs in the first test against Pakistan. So um, that is incredible. I just, my, I'm sorry to. No, that's okay. My, my Smithy will love this listening back, but uh, my man Zach Crawley, and he hates him. Smithy's not a fan of Zach at all. Uh, he's just peeled off 120 off 108, so stick that up, your Smith. But uh, go on, team. And we, and we did, um, we did take the piss out of him for signing the Big Bash this week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I did. I said he's. A, but to be fair, I did say he's not a white ball cricketer. The 120 off 108 might make me look silly, but I did say in the red ball he's still got plenty more to offer. So I'm, I'm still calling that a win for me. Smithy will disagree, but he's not here, so stuff him. But back to football, I guess. Yeah, back to the NFL, yeah. Still the Bills? Yeah, yeah, still the Bills, picking the Bills. Beautiful, and uh, there's three things certain in life, mate. There's death, there's taxes, and you wanting to talk about the Commanders, and they've got the Giants this week, so take it away. I I, I knew I was going to cop it for this because <laughs> it always seems to be the case with Commanders. i got to watch... Watch, um, watch what I do when I'm picking these games. But this is just a such a big uh, game in the context of, of not only the NFC East, but also the NFC, because I think one of these teams is taking the second wildcard spot. The first one, obviously, um, sits with Dallas uh, right now. I don't think they're going to fall away. I think this division is going to get three teams in. It's going to be Philadelphia, Dallas, and it'll be you know whoever... You know, these two teams play each other two times in three weeks. I think if one team can win both of them, I think that's their ticket punched. Um, but I think the Giants have only got to, they're probably only got to find three more wins for the rest of their season to get to 10 wins. Um, and that is, you know, the advantage of taking your early wins and getting wins earlier on in the season as uh, compared to the commanders who have had to, you know, get some wins together. They've won, you know, majority of their last seven or eight. So they've done really well, but, I think the steam, you know, they may be running out a bit of a steam. Um, the Giants are playing at home here. I just don't know if I can trust the Commanders. I know they've played really well. Their defense is good. Um, but uh, it just is hard. The Giants are so well coached. Um, you know, I don't think I've really picked them in many games this year. But but I'm happy to pick them here. I just think um, that Brian Dable is doing really well coaching this football team. Daniel Jones is good enough, I think, uh, to, to manage the game. We touched on game managers earlier <laughs> in the show, but I think that he's good enough to manage the game and they can ride Saquon Barkley here and, and just get him to do majority of the work and give Daniel Jones um, you know, short passes to move the chains and, and maybe get him involved running the ball. Um, but, yeah, I, I just the commander's defense, 
we'll keep them in this game. I think it's going to be close either way. Uh, and it could be one of the most, you know, hotly contested games of the season just because both of these teams know what's at stake mm-hmm. and winning this first matchup of the two would be such a huge advantage um, before that second matchup a couple of weeks later. But I think I like the Giants here. And, you know, I, I as I have said before on this podcast, the Giants, if you look at stats throughout the, the, the NFL, you can find stats um, that make sense to a team's record. For the Giants, you just can't make stats um, or find stats that explain why they are where they are. But that does come down to coaching, and um, and I think they have the edge there. So I'm going to pick them at home. I like it. One of my favorite things in the NFL this year was finding out that Taylor Heineke buys a pair of Jordans matching the colors of the team that he hates, uh, that he beats, not that he hates, <laughs> that he beats. And uh, I'm calling it here, mate. He's going to be buying a pair this week. Of the red, white, and blue, the New York Giants commanders for mine for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, and this is the most important one, I feel. Uh, I'm coming last in the tipping, so I'm going to need to take some swings um, at some point through. And, and number two, I, I'm to use a poker term if I can. Uh, I'm on tilt after Daniel Jones missed a wide open Saquon Barkley on I think fourth and four um, that fourth changed two, the I game. Think. So they, yeah. So which the Giants the, only had ten men on the field for. It came out or during yep. the week. I, I think after the game, people picked up on that. They only had ten out there, so maybe not as as well coached as as, as I said they were. <laughs> game managing is just taking a dive, <laughs> which has gone beautifully. But uh, yeah, so for those reasons and those reasons alone, I'm going with the Commanders, and we finish with the Browns and the Texans, and on paper. This game might seem like utter caca, but Deshaun Watson is back, and how is he going to go against the Texans? Uh, Rusty is the answer for mine. If the, if I, No matter how bad the Texans are, and they are, and Deshaun might put up decent enough numbers, but he is going to have some moments where he's going to look like a poor quarterback, and I think the Browns are going to work through it nicely. I think Nick Chubb's going to go pretty bunter in this game and help support. Deshaun, but I think the more that he throws in this game, the better he is. The Browns are probably thinking to themselves, okay, do we just tank for the rest of the year or do we push? Considering that it took a mammoth effort to make sure Deshaun didn't get suspended for the rest of the year, I still think that they need to go the push here. I don't think you let him sit for 11 weeks, come in and spend six games just losing. He did that at Houston anyway. Then he sat out. We know what happened after that. The Browns win this game. I think they do it easily, but Deshaun is going to have a couple of moments in this game where he looks really, really poor. If uh, if you've got Nick Chubb in your fantasy team this week, if you can find a way to double it through a captaincy or something like that, just for the love of God, don't bench him for any reason. He's going to go absolutely nuts. The Texans are going to get absolutely walloped, and the Browns are going to win this game for me. I agree with you, Daz. I think um, if the Browns are playing anyone else, you could probably could speak talk yourself into, you know, whoever they were playing. But yeah, I, I just think the Texans are easily the worst team in the league. Um, you know, there's not really much motivation for them to go out. Uh, well, I guess there is in this game. They they would want to stick it to Deshaun Watson. Um, so you could say there is motivation there, but they're sitting pretty with what would be the number one pick right now. I know that means nothing when the coaches and the players step on the field because they are playing for their jobs. But, I just think the team's obviously not talented enough. And Deshaun Watson, as you said, I think he's going to be rusty. Not only did he have 
the 11 game suspension, but also missed all of last year. I'm pretty sure from holding out. So he hasn't played football for a very long time. Um, he was rust, rusty in the preseason from what we saw. And, and I, I think that it's probably going to take a couple of weeks before he can uh, get back to, to being somewhat himself, I guess. And I can't say that I'm a massive fan of what I'm about to say next, but as someone that has him in the redraft fantasy league, he's still riding that bench for this week, definitely. And we'll see how he goes after that. <laughs> Let's get to the quick fire. Uh, as I bring this up, uh, Falcons and the Steelers, I'm going to be honest, um, Tade, this probably wins my irrelevant game of the week. <laughs> yeah, well, um, but I guess both teams, the Falcons, maybe not out of the division race. I know we all probably assume the Bucks break out of their slump and run away with this division, but we are saying that for, for a couple of months. So maybe that's another thing we're waiting on. That's not going to happen, but um you know, the Steelers are strong defense against the Falcons who can run the ball. I like what I saw from the Steelers last week, but I think there's more riding with the Falcons in this game. So I'm going to pick the Falcons who have been pretty good at home, I think. Four and two. Oh, I like it. I'm going to go for the Steelers in this one. Uh, the Bears and the Packers. Now, um, Aaron Rodgers has pretty much got 2% ownership of the entire Chicago Bears franchise. Does that continue for you in this one? Uh, I think it probably does. It's really hard for me to go against the Packers um, most of the time, especially against the Bears. And um, I know they're not playing really well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came out during the week and said he expects to play this week. I don't know if they've made any official announcement or anything like that. But um, if he plays, it really is a tough ask to expect the Bears to um, to beat Aaron Rodgers. doesn't matter how injured he is. He always seems to find a way to beat the Bears. And he's done it before, injured. Um, and I'm sure he'll do it again. Yeah, I'd love to chase the story, but I've got to go for the Packers in that one. Uh, Vikings-Jets, underrated, good game, this one. Yeah, really good game. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people kind of sleeping on this game just because maybe you see the Jets there. And, and you. I think a lot of people uh, are just seeing the Jets as a team that's overachieving. I don't see that. They are. The defense is really good. Um, my only issue is the quarterback position. I know Mike White played really well last week, but we saw him in, in three or four games last year, and and he had you know two or three bad ones mixed in with that uh, legendary one that no one will ever forget, especially him against the Bengals. But um, I think the difference might be the quarterback. The Vikings have a really good defense too. Uh, the um, the difference is their offense is is a lot better. I think um, well then the one that the Jets played last week. So I feel like the Jets are going to be giving up more points. Um, you know, the Jets defense can be as good as it is, but the Vikings are a pretty good scoring defense as well, uh, scoring offense, sorry, as well. So I, I just think the Vikings are going to score too many points in this one. Yep, Vikings form me as well. To think that these two teams coming into this game combined would be 16-6 and six is extraordinary. Uh, Ravens-Broncos, I'm calling it now, Teed. Unless they play the Texans, I'm not tipping the Broncos for the rest of the year. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. After what they did last week, um, and I don't mean to uh, offend you by any means, Smithy, but your team stinks, um, and they put an... <laughs> they put an they put an absolute clinic on the Broncos and Sam Darnold looked like a capable quarterback that had Smithy and other Panthers fans thinking maybe they found their quarterback in the future. Um, again, I guess they thought they had that the first couple of weeks last year, but 
you know, in all seriousness, that Broncos defense has been really good. Maybe they're starting to, you know, tire out, I guess. And that team feels like it is kind of falling apart. Um, you know, there's a stupid um, thing that came out today or the other day that said Russell Wilson's wife hosted a, a birthday party for him and half the team <laughs> showed up. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything and, and people will <laughs> use that to, um, to to lean into Russell Wilson being a bad leader or something like that. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I think it's just a simple fact that maybe these guys don't want to go to a birthday party in the middle of a week in the middle of football <laughs> season when they can't really get up to much trouble or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I think the Broncos are um, untippable at this point. Yeah, and I love the fact that uh, people, you can tell who had a social life in high school, I think, by people commenting on that birthday party video because people that had big social lives were calling it pathetic, whereas a lot of introverts were going, I could only dream of having 27 (laughs) people growing up. So just an interesting uh, microcosm of society there in that one. But Ravens get it done. Relatively easily, we think the Rams and the Seahawks and um, insert what I said about the Broncos to the Rams. I'm fucking done. Yeah, I touched on it before about the Rams. I, for a lot of the season, was just hanging on, expecting them to bounce back. And um, it's got well, got to a point a couple of weeks ago where I just thought enough is enough and I just can't pick them. I'm going to pick teams over them who are playing better football and that is Seattle right now. Um, I think they play... The Ravens, oh, sorry, not the Ravens. The the um, the Seahawks and the Rams play each other twice in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure um, if I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but they would be big games for Seattle. And and this one is obviously losing a game last week that they had every chance to win. I don't think they can afford to drop two in a row. If they do, uh, the wheels might fall off. But I'm picking the Seahawks. Yep, Seahawks for me as well. The aforementioned game that I'm looking forward to: the Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers, I think, need to win this game. The Raiders want to win this game. There might be an element of need there too, but how much do the injuries affect the Chargers, do you think? Uh, yeah, it obviously affects them. It's affected them all year. Um, and I think a lot of people who are sitting around waiting for them to be fully healthy um, just have to give up on that. I, I think this team won't won't be fully healthy. They're always going to be dealing with injuries, and, and that is football. Um you know, I know I said I lost all faith in the Raiders and I can't tip them, but uh, I might talk myself into doing it, actually. I, I really like what I saw last week. The Chargers are a team that I, I just keep expecting to break out and have that big game, and, and it's only going to be fitting when they have it here against the Raiders when I pick against them. But I, but something's telling me to pick the Raiders here, and, and I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. Well, in the battle of our soft spot teams, mate, I'm going to have to go for the Chargers for obvious reasons. And we finish with... The Cowboys and the Colts, you've got to be feeling pretty confident going into this one, mate. But as we saw against the Chiefs, the Colts can cause an upset if you take them lightly. Yeah, they can. And they almost uh, beat the Eagles as well a couple couple of weeks ago. So it is funny they had that game against the Eagles where they almost won and they, uh, I guess, didn't show up against Pittsburgh last week. But it just something about this game just seems really strange. The Cowboys are big favourites. Um, they do have the extra rest they played on Friday last week, whereas the um, sorry the the Colts played on the Tuesday. It, it, the Cowboys are at home. It just feels like everything is going the Cowboys' way, um, which I don't usually like. I think the NFL <laughs> um, 
media team or, or whoever does the videos on NFL.com. Everyone picked the Cowboys, another thing that I don't like. Uh, so I do think this game um, may be a little strange. And I think the Colts will be a lot closer than I think a lot of people expect. The Cowboys have struggled defending the run at times this year. And Jonathan Taylor, obviously one of the best running backs in the league. So the Colts, I think, keep it close, but I can't pick them here. I'm, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Yep, Cowboys for me as well. Let's get onto the locks. Smid not here, but he does get pick one, and he's gone with the Bills. Can't say I blame him. Probably would have done that uh, if I had pick one. I'm going with the Chiefs for pick two, and I'm actually feeling less and less good about that because I still think they're due for a loss. But at nine and ten and two, sorry, and two games ahead of Smid, I can take half a risk here. Sounds strange against the Chiefs, but we'll see how they go, and uh, you've got pick three, mate, and uh, you've given us the you can't believe they've fallen. Yeah, well, I think we all remember the uh, remarkable reverse jinx in the lock that I pulled in the Cowboys versus Rams game. I've gone something similar here. I've gone with a win-win, um, a win-win lock, I guess, and um, at this point of the season, getting a lock right, really does nothing to the standings. I'm just about cemented in last place. Um, <laughs> chasing so 500. I, yes, exactly. I'm chasing 500. So I've I've locked the Eagles here um, in the hope that, you know, obviously they win, I get the lock right. But if they lose, um, the Cowboys are a chance at that number one seed in the NFC. And maybe um, you can say I'm dreaming, but I, th- I think the only chance the Cowboys do have at that number one seed is if the, if the Eagles drop this game and, um, as well as the Eagles have played, they are still a division rival and I do still hate them, although I, I can um, say they are playing good football, but I obviously would prefer my Cowboys having that number one seed. So I'm going to go with the win-win lock and lock the Eagles, hoping they lose. I love the strategy. I absolutely love it. Uh, Smithy's certs now, he's feeling up at about after a four and one week, the winning percentage Still a little bit behind Colin at this point, but let's get into it. The Bills minus three and a half over the Patriots. It's his lock teed, so I can understand that. Uh, I might get you to react to his certs as well, see how confident you are. It might give uh, Teed the confidence or the trepidation required, but what do you think about the Bills there? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think those lines are really tricky. It doesn't seem like much, but when you look at that football, a lot of games are decided by three points or something like that. But I do think the Bills are the better team. Obviously, I said it um, when I picked the Bills in this one, but I think um, you know maybe the Patriots can keep it close and the Bills score a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to push it out to 10 points or something. So I do like that one. Beautiful. I like it. Uh, Ravens minus eight and a half over the Broncos. Well, they're going to have a, a nine-point lead at some stage in the second half. It's just about can they keep it? Yeah, that's right. Do we know where that game is, by the way? Uh, I can find out for you. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters, but I, I would feel really confident about that if it was in Baltimore. Yeah, it's a Baltimore. Yep. Okay, yeah, I do love that. I think, um, you know, you can you can just about uh, bank on, on the Broncos losing by double digits against good teams and the Ravens um, coming off a loss they had last week. They, uh, they would have had a rough week in practice. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance... They come out and lay an egg here. They have to. They have to, you know, play really well here to to kind of um, make them feel a little better about themselves. And and with the Bengals winning, they have to just keep winning as well. And I think they might put a number on the Broncos. 
Yep, I like it. The Dolphins plus four and a half now. He's actually tipped them outright. Our man, he let us know before we jumped on. So he's gotten on to a, a decent line there. Do you think the Finns can keep it close? Yeah, well, if, if he likes them um, to win the game, you're obviously not going to not take them at, at plus four and a half. I think that's a pretty good line for, for two teams uh, that are you know really good, obviously. Um, you know, both winning their division at the moment. We know how good both of them are. Um, and I think it is it is a good line, plus four and a half, with the fact that the 49ers did only score 13 points last week. I know that was against a really good defense, but that's something that the Dolphins have as well, although uh, inconsistent. They do have talented defense. Um, and if they can, you know, force a couple of turnovers, I can see them winning this game. Um, but four and a half, I think, is a really good spot. I can see this being a close, you know, one point, three point game. Oh, that'd do wonders for Dazzling's uh, heart there. But the Lions um, favoured by that half a point, so he's just taking them to win outright over the Jags, which I know, uh, Ted, you went against. You talked yourself into jumping back on the Jags bandwagon, but those are Smithy certs. And as per usual, we finished the show with your TDs, hoping to bounce back after a, a one and four showing last week. Well, yeah, I'm glad we've only touched on last week because it's been a pretty dour... Um, well, whole season, I'd hate to see the stats for the whole season, so hopefully we can keep that quiet. But um, <laughs> at quarterback, I've gone with Patrick Mahomes. I touched on how good he's been running the ball this year. Um, I think we might see a couple of rushing touchdowns out of that game, but I think Patrick Mahomes gets one. He's got one this year. I think he gets his second um, in the game against the Bengals here. Running back, I've gone with Jonathan Taylor. I did say the Cowboys have struggled to stop the run. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor can break off a couple of big runs. Um, and if he's not going to take one of them to the end zone, I think he'll probably punch one in. If the Colts get anywhere close uh, to the goal line at wide receiver, I've gone with Christian Kirk. I think he's going to want to uh, re reassure himself and Jaguars fans that he is still the wide receiver one on this team after Zay Jones masterclass last week, but I think he'll um, he'll have a big game. Just hoping he gets into the end zone in what you know could be a high-scoring, fun game. Tight end, I've gone with Gerald Everett. Obviously, um, with some uncertainty around Mike Williams, I like Gerald Everett's you know chances to be involved a little more as well. He has been you know a, a big part of this offense lately and hasn't scored a touchdown since I think week four or five. So. Uh, he's due for one, and defense slash special teams, I've gone with the fade of Mike White, so I've picked the Minnesota Vikings to um, force a turnover on him and, and run one back, so um, yeah, that's TDs, TDs for week 13, um, I think. Yep, absolutely, I've enjoyed that, so we are out of here, Ted, you've been fantastic as always, and to Smithy, who I know will be listening uh, good luck tomorrow, mate. I reckon you're going to absolutely smash it out of the park as you deserve, mate. They'd be stupid not to have you. And to the fans out there, uh, thank you for jumping on board. And just before we head off, Teed, we've had another country join the listening demographic. So shout out to whoever is listening from the fantastic land of Morocco. But they've jumped on board, which is wow, awesome. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're more than happy to have people far across the globe listening in. So we thank everyone, wherever you may be listening, Australia, outside. Of course, this is NFL Down Under. We hope you enjoyed. We'll see you for the review, which will hopefully contain all of us. And as Smithy would say, stay safe, everyone.